Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, moped operandi. Amanda brings the case against her husband, Pat. They recently moved to a new neighborhood. Amanda wants to buy a motor scooter to commute to work and get around town. Pat says it's a dangerous idea, especially for his accident-prone wife. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. My jacket's going to be cut and slim and checked. Maybe a touch of seersucker with an open neck. I ride a GS scooter with my hair cut neat. I wear my wartime coat in the wind and sleet. Justice reign o'er me. Justice reign o'er me. Justice. I've had enough of dance halls. I've had enough of pills. I've had enough of street fights. I've seen my share of kills. I'm finished with the fashions and acting like I'm tough. I'm bored with hate and passion. I've had enough of crime and love, but not enough of Bailiff Jesse Thorne swearing them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that when he goes around town, it's usually on a low-rider bicycle? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman. That's my... Wow, you got a custom horn installed in your bike? I did. (laughs) I did. I did. And when I I press a little button, I, 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 I tend to fall off. Not only do I have a custom horn installed on my loader bicycle, but I also had the doors to my bicycle welded shut. So I have to get into and out of it through the windows. Wow. So this is an old school. This is a bomba bicycle. It, it's a, it is. It's been chopped. Yes, it is. It is. Chopped and dropped. Chopped and dropped. Uh, Pat, Amanda, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment. In one of yours favors, could you let me know what was the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Not when I was doing, but the other thing, <laughs> the recitation that I could not, that I could have cut about half of it, but I just wanted to say it. Um, I know that I'm going to kick myself when you say it, but I cannot put my finger on it, but I know I've heard it before. Pat? I have no oh, idea. <laughs> Oh, and you want to buy a Vespa scooter, Amanda. <laughs> and you don't know the song Love Rain O'er Me by The Who from yes. the film Quadrophenia and the album. The album first. All right, Who fans, take it easy. I know the album came first and it's different. Have you seen Quadrophenia? Um, yes, but probably not since I was in high school, which was 20 years ago. I'm not know, a huge the, Who fan. So. No, and that, but that's what you're trying to, you're trying to recapture in your life now by buying a hot, cool scooter. That high school feeling. You want to drive that GS scooter like Jimmy at the end of Quadrophenia. Along the white cliffs of Dover, I think. I don't remember. Yeah, and then, that sounds about and then, right. But... Spoiler alert, destroy it in a way that 
And the only way you can when you combine a scooter and a cliff. <laughs> I, I just ruined the end of Quadrophenia for everybody. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, Pat? No, I haven't. Right, because Amanda's cool. <laughs> and you're not. Amanda's a mod, and you're a dumb rocker, right? <laughs> that sounds about right. You ride an old British Triumph motorcycle and wear leather jackets, right? I think it's fair to say that the only thing that keeps them together is their Dr. Martin's boots. That's right. That's the only, that's the only thing. And their, and, and their, and their love and, and their, their love of sting, <laughs> their love of Gordon Sumner sting. By the way, the GS on the Vespa at the end of that movie is widely believed to be a code for the initials Gordon Sumner, the name of Sting, who played Ace Face or Ace of Bass and whatever his name was in that movie. But <laughs> in fact, I learned today that it, it's, it's just a model of Vespa, the grand sport. That yes. was Sting's Vespa at the end. Of course, Jimmy rode a Lambretta through the entire movie, which is a different scooter from Italy, now owned by an Indian company. But that's another story. <laughs> Amanda, why do you want to own a scooter? Because it reminds you of high school and quadrophenia, and now you are middle-aged and love Sting? <laughs> um, I am a middle-aged. A Vespa-type scooter does remind me of high school a bit, but almost more from childhood, from when I first saw Roman Holiday, when I played hooky one day and my mom rented old movies. For another, me, great, um, another great Vespa moment in film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Audrey, Audrey Hepburn steals, uh, what's his name? Is it Gregory Peck? Is that the one in that movie? Mm -hmm. Yes. Steals his, steals his Vespa, as they would say in ancient Roman times, and rides it all through Rome. Correct. Go on. Go on. Um, so for the past it's 10 like, years... It's we've not like I didn't just look all this stuff up on the internet today. <laughs> I'm so excited the, to use my knowledge. Um, for the past 10 years, we've uh, lived in the suburbs of, of Greater Houston. Um, and I I'm very sorry. And I work in traffic. I see. I'm sorry. Are you Texans by birth? Uh, yes, we are. Are you from, are you from, are you from Houston? Are you Houstonians by birth? Correct, both of us. Oh, all right. And you're not, you're not middle, you're not, if you went to high school 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm not quite middle-aged. No, no, I don't mean to date, I don't mean to age you beyond what you are, which is probably about 40, 40 years old, would you say? We're 36, so almost. 36, but, but you're babies. I know. <laughs> And now you've moved to a, to a location in Houston that is closer to your job. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's also in town. So, like, um, we moved out into the suburbs because we had a child young and raised our kid mm. out there. Um, he graduated from high school last year, so we got back into the city as fast as possible. <laughs> um, Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, and you, we're really you enjoying did it. Right. it. Yeah, I think so, because now we're young and we're kind of done with that. So I have <laughs> yeah. time for scooter riding. <laughs> and Pat, are you also 36? Yes, I am. And you're a, and you're a baby, too. Good heavens. If you're, you're, and you have one son who, who was just graduated from high school? Mm-hmm. 
And what is his what is his plan for life? We'll see. <laughs> he's in he's college be, right now, so he's still prof- figuring that out. Is he going to be a professional base jumper? <laughs> is he going to no, be one of those bad not. bad parkour kids? Where is he? Where is he going? <laughs> where is he going to college? Um, he's in Austin at Austin Community College, trying to transfer oh, yeah. into UT. Is he going to run around with a gang, with a scooter gang over there <laughs> in Austin? Oh, you know what they no. have in Austin? Forget that. You know, it's, it's going to be a, 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 a pedicab gang. Uh-huh. Or a recumbent bicycle. <laughs> oh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna become a recumbi. He's going to say, I've had it. My generation has had it with you old folks over there in Houston. Well, he's going to have a really good time. Your son is going to have a really good time, Pat. You're, you, you, you chose to have a child very early in life, which is, may have seemed strange to your friends and family at the time, but now you're 36 year old. You're done. You did it. Now your life begins. Why are you denying your lovely young wife the chance to be Audrey Hepburn? <laughs> well, I feel like... Um... Scooters are really small, and it's hard for people to see them. You know, uh, other people in cars driving uh, can't see them very well. They can't really hear them. They're pretty quiet. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I I know I've I've looked up, and I've submitted evidence for this, but I've looked up (laughs) statistics, and it's a pretty bad rate of accidents and and even, you know, death. And, um, you know, and I dabbled when I was younger. You know, I rode you know, friend scooters and motorcycles and things like that. And, and I, I wiped out on them and stuff. And I feel like now um, we're too old to be doing something like that. Uh, you know, we're there's, there's a lot of traffic around here. Uh, there um, mm-hmm. are bad streets. The roads in Houston aren't the greatest. And um, and the scooter's just so uh, it's just a uh, it's little, blip, you know, blip on the road that people don't really pay attention to. And I feel yeah. like something might happen to her. People in Texas would, I, I think, would be a little, a little, a little confused by a scooter. There's a long, <laughs> culturally, it's a long way from 1960s London to current modern day Houston. People in Texas might see that and be a little freaked out. They might, they might try to run it down out of contempt. <laughs> Are there what kind of what kind of bikes did you ride back when when things that were Good for the goose that are no longer okay for the gander. What did you What did you ride when you run? You dabbled in wiping out. Just little, little, nothing major. Just little motor, you know, like eighty cc motorcycles. Um, you know, I've never really. I want you to be that. really specific about about the style of motorcycle and the size of the engine, and and anything that you can give me because I don't know anything about it. But I know that there will be someone listening who does, and they're going to get very excited about it. <laughs> I'll pretend well, to be she, one of those. I think she wants like a two. No, no. Stroke. I want to hear about what you. What did you? What did you ride? Oh, just just little dirt bikes and things like uh-huh. that. Like uh, you know, nothing above a hundred cc. I mean, they uh, nothing significant. Um, right. But I was young and, and did you did you and, did you drive it? Did you ride a, a three stroke grapply with the goofy bar? <laughs> <laughs> did you with Not the knobby quite. treads and the with the knob with the knobby treads? 
I don't know. I'm making up those words. Did it have an over and under with a with a double nine? <laughs> you you rode just long enough to become afraid. That's right. Correct. And 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 appropriately so because I mean we've talked about motor motorbikes and motorcycles on this podcast before. They they're da- they're dangerous, aren't they? I believe they are. Yes. Yeah. And and what, tell me about when you got wiped out. What happened? Someone uh, with a truck. Someone with a truck in Texas said, "No, no. no I mean, not I, allowed. Never, I'm going to hit that kid." <laughs> I've never ridden um, a motorcycle like on a regular road. I've only ridden it like uh, like at a ranch. Um, mm-hmm. And I've had one fall. Like I've wiped out and had you know one on my leg, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't huge, so you know, I didn't break any bones or anything like that. And I was wearing what a helmet, what, but what happened? I just Did it feel... fall out of a tree while you were taking a nap. That's how they <laughs> sneak up on you. Um, but All right. ever since then, I feel like that's that's it. Like I don't. Maybe this isn't for me. I'm not. I'm not a big car guy. I'm not a bike guy. I mean, I I, I like looking at them, and I've I've thought about owning a motorcycle, but I just feel like, especially at this point now, that I'm just kind of you know, done with it. I'm, I'm too old for it. Now that you're in your dotage at the age of 36. <laughs> have you guys thought about instead of moving back to the city, just moving into a rest home now? <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Amanda, are you going to buy a motorcycle that, you, that you're proposing or what, or a scooter? You want to buy a Vespa or a scooter? Well, there's a couple of models I'm looking at, but my main thing is I want uh, the smallest model, which is a 50cc. They're actually like 49 and some change. Right. Um, and their top speed is about 30 to 35. So they're really now just designed... for the people who are for the for the non gearheads who are listening at home. A 50cc cc stands for carbon copy. This thing <laughs> doubles as a mimeograph machine. So this is right. popular. It's called a secretary's model. Exactly. It's just yeah, you get a nice it's little fifth, high when you when you're an engine, it. engine displacement of fifty cubic centimeters, but as you say, it's actually forty nine. They round up. Yes. It's the small the smallest contemporary Vespa they make is the LX fifty, right? Yes. Right. And I'm okay. also I'm I'm it's not that's not even the model. I don't want to buzz market other models, but there's other models I prefer. Um, but anyways, oh. the point of the well, 50, no, no, tell me, tell tell me what why is the why is the Vespa an Italian piece of junk? And the other <laughs> thing that you want, what's the, what's the thing you want to get? Well, the Honda makes a one a style called the Metropolitan, and there's also a company called Genuine Scooters that makes um, a couple of 50 cc models. Um, the Honda Metropolitan Gen- Genuine Scooters is that a t- is that a Texan brand of scooter? Genuine Scooters <laughs> is that a local hipster artisanal? It is, isn't it? Chicago based, pickled and everything. Yes, producer and uh, distributor of motor. Okay, so it's Chicago based. Hang on, it's America's favorite scooter company. Sorry to do, <laughs> sorry to do this to 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 truly, truly buzz market the heck out of these things. But I'd never heard of this. Oh, so these are like, these are like little, uh, little uh, Vespa-y knockoffs. Yeah, yeah, right. Except and, um, it's made with all, 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 all organic molded steel and plastic or something. What's the deal? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's all biodegradable, you know. Judge Hodgman, these are genuine knockoffs. <laughs> these are genuine. <laughs> these are genuine. So, so the three the three options. If I were to find in your favor, and you were going to go out uh, it, directly after hanging up the internet to buy one, what would be the one? The three options are Wespa LX. Mm-hmm. 50 which which really should be lx 49 and lx by the way it's the roman numeral for 60 it was the 60th anniversary model uh then the then the the honda metropolitan which seems like like the, that buying a buying a honda scooter in texas would be the equivalent of swearing in church and then <laughs> and then genuine chicago brand scooters and they make a they make a a pretty a pretty Wespa y looking deal here. Which one do you like? Well, there's like the 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 buddy or the and then there's there's a there's a couple of them. I I tend to like that more vintage style looking like the Vespa knockoff. Yeah, um, they they have a but Vespa they have a knockoff fifty cc. They have a, yeah they do they have a Vespa knockoff here that's the Stella but I can't see what the size of the engine is, and the size of the engine is something that's meaningful to you. I mean it's part it's meaningful to your case because you're making the argument that with a fifty cc engine you're not really going to be you you it's basically a it's it's basically a toy. I mean it's basically a motorized bicycle at that point, right? Right, and also because um, because of the size and because of the max speed, I mean, it limits itself to only neighborhood streets. Like, I, I couldn't go on any really busy streets where people are driving more than 30 to 40 miles an hour. Um, no, no. Right, because the maximum, the- what's the maximum speed of a 50cc engine? Um, it depends on the model, but most of them say between 30 and 40. So 35 30 is, and 40. is generally considered the max speed. Right, because that's the average and the median and the mean between thirty and forty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I and can't wait to. If... Yeah, I can't wait. By the way, for the for the average pedants and the mean and median pedants to write in to tell me which ones of those I got wrong. All right, go on. <laughs> um, and it also at fifty cc or under, it, uh, Texas does not require a, a, a motorcycle license. However, mm. um, I also submitted this for evidence, but I would want to take a scooter safety course just for my peace of mind and for Pat's as well, because they teach you like um, just a lot of. And I've done a lot of the research already on things to avoid and um, and kind of how to navigate through traffic in your scooter. Um, but I would want to take a safety course as well, where I'm actually riding on the scooter, learning these things. Are you saying this for yourself, or just to just to make your husband feel better? No, for both, because mm-hmm. the the only experience I've had riding a scooter was very brief on vacation one year. So, where and when was that? That was when I was in high school, and we took a cruise to the Bahamas. Oh yeah, that's where everyone rides scooters. You right, know, exactly. Uh, uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to hear this case is that my my wife has been very very interested in getting a a scooter for the same reason because she rode one in the Bahamas and when she was when she was a young person. So what? But over there, what did you ride over there? And also, how badly were you mangled and destroyed in traffic? I mean, you must have been. You <laughs> I must wasn't have been at in all. A, you must have been in a coma for some time. When did you have time to have a child? <laughs> um. And uh, I don't even remember. It was like some, I mean, it was like a little kind of more of a, a Japanese style um, mm-hmm. little scooter. Mm-hmm. This is where your, your your perverse love of the Honda Metro was born. 
Yes, the Honda Metro gets really Honda. Honda, I guess, is known for a very reliable motorcycle parts. So um, they get big ratings on reliability and ease of repair if, if something with the small engine goes wrong. Right. Okay. So that and that's why you're looking at the Honda as opposed to the to the Vespa, which is the thing that was in the movie that you loved. I know. It's also more expensive. Oh, oh, it is? Would you say that it's fair to say that you'll be doing a lot more of the repairs yourself if you get a Honda because of the ease of repair? <laughs> I don't know about that. Although that scooter, that hands-on scooter course does teach like general home maintenance. So I might be able to do some of the, the basic maintenance on it. I'm pretty handy with tools. So you submitted evidence of your route within, within Houston. What is your job? I'm a principal at a K through eight school. You're a principal at a K through eight school. Yes. Yeah. And you want to be the coolest principal of all time. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of already am, but you know, <laughs> this can't hurt. Right. Pat, what is your job? Uh, I own a pool company. You own a pool company? Yes, sir. So you install yes, in-ground in -ground pools? Uh, yeah, I deal with in-ground. Oh, yeah. So, so you're, I, have, I have a lot so of you, knowledge of the, the traffic of the city because I'm, I'm, I'm in it all well, day I, long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, can understand, I can understand your knowledge of traffic. I can understand your, your intense awareness to safety issues because you are essentially in a child-drowning business. <laughs> just you might, might I add just, something just, else? Just, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, uh, I'm trying to say, going to try to put this kindly. Um, I'm also not only worried about other drivers hitting her, but I'm also <laughs> a little worried about her coordination with the scooter. Um, she has kind of a, a tendency to, to be, uh, a little, you know, uncoordinated at times, and and I'm I'm worried that might carry over to a to a scooter. Yeah. Now you had you had written in that that you're what I, I let's see what the exact quote here. Amanda is not always the most coordinated person. It scares you to think about her riding the scooter. She's incredibly clumsy. That's a very <laughs> harsh thing to say. <laughs> Her nickname growing up was uh, Stunt Baby because she ran into furniture and everything around, like, houses. And it's, it's like an ongoing joke with their family about the, uh, the coordination issues. Mm-hmm. When she was a baby. Well, this is carried over to adulthood. <laughs> if I may speak, Your Honor. No. Uh, I, I want Pat to be able to to malign you as much as possible and, and with the specificity <laughs> that is the soul of narrative setting aside her past history of being a, an uncoordinated dumb baby and then other, what, what, what evidence can you give me now of her clumsiness and lack of coordination that makes you think she would be a danger to others and herself? Well, she's a good driver, but she, she runs into she she runs into things a lot. I mean, just walking around in the house or you know wherever we are, she just is kind of uh, clumsy. I don't. I can't really think of a better word. Uh, like what kind of? She just kind of walks into cabinets and stuff. Like 
like she'll walk into our bed, like the corner of our bed and, you know, hurt her leg. And I can, you know, you hear her once or twice, you know, a day yelling across the house and I'm, you know, running over, see what's wrong. And she's running into something. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty common in our household. Amanda, did you ever accidentally walk off the white cliffs of Dover and smash yourself against the rocks? I did not. And, um, and I don't hit things in my car. Um, yeah, what's your driving? What kind of car do you drive? It's just a, it's like a small SUV, a Mercury Mariner. Oh, okay. A, a little, a little Mercury, a little lady SUV. Yeah. It's like a Ford Escape. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you gotten into accidents this year? N- none. I had, I had yeah. one person, uh, well, my son got into an accident in my car that I didn't count. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Believe me. We all know about your son. <laughs> how many, how many, how many uh, accidents have you gotten into over the past five years? Um, that were my fault or in general? Well, were, when, you were, dri- when, when you were driving, when you were driving. Um, in the past five years, just yeah. one. Someone hit you from right. behind. Yes. Right. Was it, was it your, was it your, your bed? Were you driving around and the, the bed that you constantly bash into in your home <laughs> decided to get its revenge on you? Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it sounds like she's got a pretty good record on the road. Would you dispute that, Pat? Um, it is. She does, but she's in a steel, she's surrounded by a steel cage. So, <laughs> you know. It's if like... anything, she would be, the fact that she was surrounded by a steel cage would make her more reckless. She would have more hits. That's well, yeah. I mean, there's, the steel cage hasn't ha- hasn't had to protect her from anything except that the one uh, the one uh, from behind bump and her well, own. Well, I mean, son. it wasn't it. It totaled her car, so the wreck that oh, she got into did it. Yeah, yeah. T- tell me she's, more. She's Why had, didn't you tell me? I mean, me it was frame this? damage and everything. So, if she was on a scooter and that happened, then could yeah. I say what something, ha- Your Honor? What happened? That was on the freeway, and it was during um, just regular driving to work traffic, going about 60, 70 miles an hour. Um, and uh, the people in front of me got in a wreck, slammed on their brakes, and the person behind me didn't stop in time and hit me, totaling my car. Um, but I, I don't think that it applies because it was on a freeway at high speeds, something that won't apply. Uh, well, to I'll, determine whether, I'll determine whether or not it applies, but I appreciate your pointing out the differences of speed and the I'm situation <laughs> because specificity is the soul of narrative after all. Now, you make the argument, Pat, that, that motorcycle deaths are rampant in your area. Um, yeah, I, from what I've read, you're about 30 times more likely to, to die on a motorcycle than, or, or a scooter than you are in a car. Mm-hmm. And, but are these, are the, are not, you, you submitted some evidence here, according to the U S national highway traffic safety administration in 2006, 13.10 cars out of a hundred thousand ended up in fatal crashes. The rate for motorcycles is 72.34 per 100,000 registered motorcycles. So that is, those are, that's a, a much larger percentage of fatal crashes in motorcycles. That's uh, correct, Your does, Honor. Does that separate out motorcycles from 
uh, small engine scooters that wouldn't be classed in the state of Texas as a motorcycle? No, unfortunately, um, and, and this is in almost all the studies, they lump together both scooters and motorcycles with those studies. Unfortunately, because you believe that the that if you if you separated out the motor scooters, that rate that fatality rate would be even higher than the motorcycles, or lower <laughs> than the motorcycles, or the same. I, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I honestly don't know. That's right. that's a hypothetical. You also submitted some evidence here of the of the some pictures of the roads that your wife Amanda might be traveling on to get to and from work. How far away is your school from your home, Amanda? Um, it is just under four miles. Just under four miles. Huh. Yes, it that's takes me very, about seven minutes in the car. Yeah, that's not very. You could you could you could uh, you could walk it. Yeah, or I could ride a, a just my regular bicycle. Yeah, why not a bicycle? Why not? <laughs> That's. <laughs> I don't like that laugh. Wanna... I don't like that laugh at all. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is Excuse she's me. in the. She is about to purchase a bicycle, um, regardless of the outcome of our case. Uh, and yeah, I, well, that... it's like, why can't she just ride that? Well, I'll put it to you then, Amanda. Why? Why not a bicycle? Um, because right now my commute takes me about seven minutes and I, I, I work long hours and I value my sleep. And so I like being able to get out of bed and mm-hmm. get ready and, and be at school. Um, mm-hmm. Riding a bike, when I've looked at it, it, it'll take about, it'd be about a 25 minute ride. So that mm-hmm. would, you know, cut down about 15 minutes of my getting ready time. Mm-hmm. You want to try that one again? You want to try that one one more time? Okay. Just say it's, um, the scooter's cooler. Just say it. Cooler. It's cooler and more fun. And um, I also, uh, the weather here about half the year is really, really pleasant. And so I think I would really enjoy it. It's also something that I would want the two of us to take out. Like on the weekends when we go run quick little errands or just over to the store or down to have lunch at one of our neighborhood spots. You think um, Pat I think is going to get something... on the back of your death machine with you? Yes, I think he will once we have it. I don't think I don't think he would. Have, are you suggesting that you guys get a his and his and her Wespas? No, I'm suggesting and just we get be one the that cutest, two people. the cutest, the cutest couple of 36 year old Texans who have an 18 year old child, and have finally booted that kid out over to Austin, and the two of you just ride around like a gang, like it's not even. And the best thing about it is, like you didn't, you wouldn't even have to worry about the rockers. You don't have rockers down there. You'd be the mods, the worst, the the age appropriate gang that you guys would have to deal with are the are the standing treadmill desk gang. <laughs> what are you talking about going on errands would he get his own bike or 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 would he ride along with you no we would ride together with you driving well, i haven't i haven't said that yet i haven't agreed to that but that's my vision that's what she Wait wants are you saying that you would drive and he would ride on the back or vice versa he could drive and i would ride on back when we go together Does he is he gonna take a safety course in this thing I don't know. Maybe, maybe that should be Pat, part of it. But I... Pat, let me ask you I... a question. Let me ask you sure. a question, Pat. If this Wespa or Wespa equivalent were to materialize in your home, let's say as a, a gift of the Judge John Hodgman program or the Moxie Soda Corporation, 
just out of out of nowheres regardless of amanda's desire to ride it or not would you ever take that thing out for a spin or no oh um i maybe try it i don't know maybe i would i'm not sure would you I, would I you prefer, ta- I've recently gotten into uh biking and I f- I feel like I'd just rather hop on a bicycle and ride around the neighborhood and mm-hmm. you know just go that route. And and is money an issue here? You say she's going to buy a bike even if she does even if she buys a th- a, a, a uh, a Wespa or Wespa equivalent, she's going to buy a bike. Are you guys, how, how are you guys for, for money? Can you afford this if it, if it were just a luxury? Yeah, it would just be a luxury, but I mean, it's not, we've already like, you know, I plan on spending about 2000 on the bike and the cost of upkeep is inexpensive for insurance per year is about a hundred dollars total. Um, and hundred dollars per year. Yes. If you take this um, course, is that, you mentioned that the course would, would make it, less expensive. Does that mean the insurance would, would cost less if you took the course? Yes, that's correct. And, mm-hmm. um, and just in general, average price for a year with our good driving history is, is between, like they say, 85 to $120. So. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to give Pat a, two, two, two moments here. One, Pat, you've sent in photos of the area where Amanda would be commuting the route mm-hmm. or route, depending on where you are in, in the country or what day, time of day it is in my brain. And I see there's a picture of a road that has a crack in it, which is an embarrassment to the entire neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and then I see some photos of other cars that at least one of these looks like you took yourself while driving. Oh, I was, I was, I was parked. Wait a minute. The second photo. All right, you tell me what these photos show. First one, there's a there's an it looks like a, a suburban road with a crack in it. What is that <clears> supposed to? What's what's the story that one's telling me in a thousand in a thousand words? Um, that the roads aren't very good, and when you're in a little, you know, if you're on a real motorcycle and you go over a pothole most of the time, it's okay. Um, when you're on a little, you know, Vespa scooter, or whatever, um, and you're low to the ground. And you've got little tires, um, you know, you could flatten the tire, you could wipe out. I just feel like our roads aren't very good. And that's what I was trying to show. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The, the other fair, picture was point. trying to show the construction in our neighborhood, which we have a lot of. They're doing a lot of teardowns and McMansion building. And, and, um, and you just see cars zipping around. Like there will be cars parked along both sides of the street. And then cars, you know, cars zip around to to get around them, and I feel like that's a hazard. Um, so yeah, I just don't feel like. But what? It's and a, then there's this one. There's this one. It, it looks like a. It's a, a divided. A, a divided four lane road, two lanes going in each direction, and there's a and there's a a truck with its in, directly in front of whatever vehicle you're in, with its rear lights on. It's brake lights oh, yeah. on. Okay. Yes. That one I was driving, but I was stopped. <laughs> oh. That that was just to show the traffic. Um, that was just to show which is what really kind of what kind of crazy drivers there too. are. Just shows <laughs> what kind of crazy drivers there are around this area of Houston. People are taking there are pictures. Some crazy ones. Yeah. 
Um, and now, more to the point, I mean, the, 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 the reasons that Amanda might give in favor of getting a little scooter have been, A, made very clearly and articulately by her. There are practical and emotional reasons. And B, the emotional reasons especially, are, are utterly transparent. You know, like, it's just cool. It's fun. She wants to do what she did in, in high school. Now, you've made some, some arguments about safety that are fair points and important points to make. Now I would like to hear an emotional argument. What are you afraid of? How will you feel if Amanda is out there Audrey Hepburning it around town, (laughs) knocking knocking over Roman fruit stands and Carabinieri and everything else? I feel like she... I feel like she'll get hurt eventually. Uh, maybe not for you know a month, or it could be it could take years. I don't know. But we all get in car wrecks, um, you know, in our lifetime. And and you ask most people that have owned motorcycles for many years, and they all say they've they've put them down. And and uh, and I feel like eventually she will be in a wreck. And uh, and I don't want to get that phone call. You know. Anything else? That's it. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm just looking out for my wife. <laughs> uh, I think that I have heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I am going to put put my little um, official uh, jazzy scooter into my chambers, <laughs> and uh, I will. Uh, I just buzz market a jazzy. Maybe I should have said rascal, rascal, and or jazzy. Rascal. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to suck on my oxygen tank for a little while and ponder this, and I'll be back in a moment with my decision. (laughs) Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Amanda, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't. I don't think that Pat's argument that he's just—it's just the great unknown that it might happen. Um, And I also think that uh, you know he talks about potholes and things like that. Well, I know where the worst streets are, and I'll avoid those as well as avoid construction. So I'm feeling okay. But I I really, I don't know. It's a toss-up at this point. You know, I was once in in a car accident almost identical to the one you described, except that it took place on a city street at an intersection in Los Angeles. Um, What do you think would happen if you were in an accident similar to that, but rather than being in a car, uh, you were on a motor scooter. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that it would be worse. Um, that could be, you know, very hurt or uh, maybe perhaps even fatally. Um, but uh, I feel like, I, I don't know, I think that the, the there's not really good statistics out there for the scooter. Like we said, there's no way to separate them. And and on the, the statistics there are, they talk about how, like, I think it was 40 to 50 percent of the accidents, the people weren't wearing helmets or there was alcohol involved. And so those two things don't apply to me at all. Um, and I just know, like, the area we're going to be driving, um, I think uh, I think it's mostly neighborhood streets. Like, I could actually avoid all streets that have even stop stoplights. I could just drive through all neighborhood streets in front of houses. Pat, how are you feeling about your chances? I don't think it's looking too good, <laughs> especially since his wife is, is trying to look into the same thing. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if they're having the, the, a similar conversation. 
Amanda, have you ever seen those? It's like it's a little scooter, but then it has a cool roof on it. You know, like yes. it goes up from the front from the front windshield. It's as though the windshield extends up over your head and then back behind you and down to the back of the scooter. Yes. Those are neat, right? Yeah, we I've actually we've seen some people and one person like near our neighborhood that drives around in one of those. They're kind of weird. There there's a actually a Vespa club. Of Houston. Our, yeah, yes. that people in our neighborhood belong to. <laughs> I'm sure she would probably join that too. <laughs> With her Honda? <laughs> yeah, right. That might that might be the deal breaker on the Honda for me. Well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about this case when we come back in just a second. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame 
with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. So let's stipulate to the fact that these things are dangerous, right? Scooters are dangerous. And like all dangerous things, you have to do an evaluation of how dangerous they are in your life, not just where you live, but where you are in your life. The reason that children ride scooters and motorcycles like Pat did when he was but a youth is that they believe that they are immortal. They do not appreciate the danger. It's the same reason that your son crashes up your, uh, your Mercury Milan or whatever it is all the time because he doesn't get it. He's never been in an accident before. He thinks he's immortal. You, Pat, should be worried about your son riding a scooter or for that matter, getting stampeded by a herd of pedicabs in Austin, Texas, because he is going to be facing them. He's going to play chicken with those things. He's going to ride on top of the shoulders of a, of a pedicab operator and, and, uh, and, and then do parkour off the back of it. That's what children do. <laughs> it's, not what, it's not what moms do, though. And the thing is that I think that to some degree... You wouldn't be human if if you were not worried about your son who has left town and left your lives. I'm not sure you know what there is to worry about because I don't think you guys understand what age you are because your lives have been so upside down in in comparison to where people usually are at the age of 36 these days in urban centers, right? You're still calling your wife a stunt baby, but she's a grown woman, <laughs> You know, <laughs> you guys, you guys buy, you know, if you guys were in Park Slope, you would be having your first child next year. <laughs> right. But instead, you've had this this uh, this um, uh, uh, surprising and 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 tip uh, atypical, certainly um, for urban centers. Uh, I, I don't know about your region, but an atypical early middle aged when you were in your 20s and 30s and now you're done. And you're, and you're having, I think, it would be my guess, uh, some difficulty um, uh, making judgments about what kind of risks you can or cannot take. Now, I, may, I bring this up because I have a wife who also wants to ride around on a Wespa like Audrey Hepburn. And I love my wife and I want her to, to be cool. I'd love for her to ride around on those things. But we don't have an 18-year-old child who's off in the world now. We have two non-18-year-old children. And it's not to suggest that uh, uh, losing a parent to uh, injury or, or, or a fatal Wespa crash would be less sad to your son should something like that happen. It's just that it's a different situation if you have an adult son even if he's just two seconds an adult, or a son who still has 10 more years of parenting that he requires of, of both parents before uh, he becomes a, a man who will then go out there and ruin his life by riding a motorcycle. Additionally, I have said to my wife, if I think of you the same uh, 
length of commute, pretty much, actually, from where we live to where she teaches school and wants to be the coolest teacher of all time. She's not a principal. She's a high school teacher. But to get there, she would have to go over the Brooklyn Bridge. And I've gone over the Brooklyn Bridge in a car. And I know that the traffic there is fast, tight, packed, and dense, and dangerous. And also the roads are garbage. (laughs) Given that you are... I, I don't know the roads in Houston all that well. But I can only feel... I can only judge by what Amanda has told me that she knows the route. She knows the risks. She is an adult uh, who has, has spent 18 years of her life taking care of a, of another human being and is ready to get back to the Bahamas that she put aside (laughs) in order to hold, in order to raise your child. She has looked responsibly at the options uh, she has, she has even considered buying a Honda. No offense, I'm sure they're great scooters, and I bet there are clubs <laughs> that love them too. But, you know, she, she, she's so responsible that she's even, I think, seriously considering buying a Honda. When what she wants to do is ride a Vespa in Rome side saddle in a skirt, and she's <laughs> she's looked into a course for safety that I think only goes to show again that she is not your son or you, sir, when you were 18 and had motorcycles falling out of trees onto you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) She's an adult. And all adults, even your son, have the right to make a decision about what is the right risk array versus personal reward array. And I have to say that though I expressed to my wife grave concern about the idea of her driving over the Brooklyn Bridge and maybe even a scared her into not getting one of these things, if she had said, and if indeed she said today, I'm getting one and we could afford it, I would say, I can't stop. I can't stop you from doing that. And I don't think you should. I don't think you should worry about your wife driving on these roads. You're going to worry but I think you're going to learn as soon as she is the most responsible Wespa driver of all time, that (laughs) she's good at it. She's not you as a child and everything is going to be fine. And you guys will be happier because she is back in the Bahamas. (laughs) Amanda, I'm going to find in your favor. I am not going to allow you to buy a Honda. Okay. I'm sorry. The whole point of this thing is to live a dream. You deserve to live a dream. You have raised a child. You must not get a Honda or a knockoff. You must get a new Wespa LX50 and join that club. Whatever you do, guys... Do not go on Craigslist or eBay and buy a beautiful-looking restored vintage Wespa online. I have learned this from experts, real experts, like Robbie, the guy who rebuilds Vespas here in Red Hook, and also John Roderick, who considers himself to be an expert on everything. They agree. (laughs) All of those things, all of those... All of those beautifully restored Vespas that you are buying off of Craigslist, they've all, they're all 
coming from Vietnam or other places in Southeast Asia where they have been modded out, cut and dropped and kitted out their whole, like the, their, their transmissions have been rebuilt with soda cans. I'm not joking. (laughs) Literally. If you find a reliable dealer in your area, and I don't like to buzz market a particular brand. If you, if you, if you are in love with the Honda, you should get it. If you're in love with this genuine scooter company, you should get it. You should pick the one of the three that you are most in love with, I think we know which one it is. <laughs> and you should get it. And you should join the club. And then you must endeavor to prove every day, starting slowly, that this was the right, safe decision, that you are the greatest scooter driver in Houston. What do you drive, sir? I drive a, a Toyota Tacoma. Oh, a truck. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Take some care and, and, and don't and don't run over your wife's scooter, okay? <laughs> your your truck will want to do it. You will have to stop the truck. I find in favor of Amanda and the scooter companies of the world. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that as all. Amanda, how are you feeling after your victory? Oh, I feel pretty good. I, you know, my argument when I submitted the case was um, that as an adult, 36-year-old professional woman, that I would at least just like the option to decide for myself my method of transportation um, at times. So, uh, you know, we'll go from there, see what happens. Pretty exciting. And I think Pat's going to love it, and he's going to be right in behind me on that thing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, how are you feeling? Um, I kind of had a feeling this is what was going to happen, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I I mean, we're we're definitely getting one now. (laughs) She's getting one. Maybe we'll get a sidecar. (laughs) Pat, one good thing about your wife's new mod lifestyle is that whenever like Christmas or an anniversary comes up and you don't know what to get her, you can always just get her more rear view mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda, Pat, thanks so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. 
find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app and at MaximumFun.org. Hello, Judge John Hodgman. Down, 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 Doing donut, doing donuts in my chambers on my on my on my Aeron chair. What do you think is cooler, a Vespa or a Lambretta? I don't know. Lambretta, I guess, because Vespas are are truly all over the place these days. I think Lambretta, a vintage Lambretta, would be cooler than a, a contemporary Vespa. But you know, this is the thing about being a middle aged, or you know, approaching middle aged, or just an adult person. Like, you do what you want. Worrying about what's cool is for children. Once you, uh, once you are 36, 40 years old, and especially once you've had a kid and got it out the house, you can do what you want. You can make a decision for yourself. Become a paraglider, become a base jumper, grow a mustache, ride a vote. Just do Like wear a, wear a fringe leather jacket. Uh, do it. Just do it. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever gives you pleasure. But, by the way, it's your decision. You understand that, Amanda and Pat, right? If you decide to get... A, a scooter you have to be careful and i did not i did not instruct you to well i guess i did but it was your decision don't get into any accidents please uh that should work i think that's how it works right did you <laughs> because this is a court of fake internet justice i have no authority and i'm going to tell you right now i barely know any songs by the who and i've never seen the whole movie quadrophenia I just familiarized myself with it on YouTube. So if you, ju- if you choose to get a scooter, that's on you. Please don't get into an accident and be horribly maimed. Everything I know about the movie Quadrophenia came from a high school girlfriend who was really into it. <laughs> uh, you know, from, from what I've seen, it looks like a good movie. Yeah, I, I bet it's fun. Um, I mean, I, I really like all those rearview mirrors. I think that's pretty neat. Well, I should have probably ordered her to get a thousand rearview mirrors just to be safe. <laughs> okay, let's. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure her safety course will cover that. Let's clear the docket. Here's something from Chris. I offer a small but significant correction to the discussion of the pop culture reference from episode 141, Martial Law. As a longtime chart nerd, I was delighted when Judge Hodgman quizzed the litigants on "Dance the Kung Fu," Carl Douglas's ill-fated follow-up to his number one 1974 smash, Kung Fu Fighting. Judge Hodgman claimed Dance the Kung Fu peaked at number 35 on Billboard's Hot 100 singles chart, but the Wikipedia page on Carl Douglas, where the judge likely researched this data point, is oh, sadly how did mistaken. you know? <laughs> Dance the Kung Fu, in fact, peaked at number 48 in early 1975, So for my fellow chart nerds, the difference between number 35 and a number 48 peak is a matter of some import. Had Dance the Kung Fu peaked at 35, it would go down in history as a top 40 hit, which would have kept Mr. Douglas from being termed a one-hit wonder, as he would have had more than one song counted down by the legendary Casey Kasem of America's Top 40. 
The reason I even knew to check the judge's factoid is that I happened to reference Dance the Kung Fu in a piece I wrote on what qualifies as an artist for the one-hit wonder designation. And since he was so nice to... I think that was probably the most polite pedantry that we've ever received. And I appreciate his intense dedication to the esoterica of chart positions. Uh, I will um, buzz market the link that he sent us of the piece. This is Chris's Chris Molanfi's September 10, 2012 piece, 100 and single. Three rules to define the term one hit wonder in 2012 on the villagevoice.com blogs page. And we will put a link for it on the Judge John Hodgman website at MaximumFun.org. Can I recommend one thing for people who are looking for mid-70s R&B songs about Kung Fu? That sure. Rather than listen to Carl Douglas's novelty hit, Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting, or what is it called? Kung Fu Fighting? Just Kung Fu Fighting? Kung Fu Fighting! Bum, bum. That Everybody's Kung Fu Fighting! With its interpolation of the, the classic mostly racist motif that that declination of tones has a as a name as a as a as a offensive cliche go on go on um what's the option the alternative my alternative would be to travel one year further into the past to 1974 and check out Curtis Mayfield's classic song, Kung Fu, from his album, Sweet Exorcist. Sweet Exorcist is a really wonderful record, and uh, Kung Fu, the Curtis Mayfield song, is actually a truly great song, uh, rather than just uh, a cute song, or whatever you would say of the Carl Douglas song. A novelty song. Yeah, a a novel tune. A novel tune. Um, that's a good recommendation. I wish I had uh, thought to call on you uh, when I was approaching this cultural reference. According to Wikipedia, that um, that those notes that you refer to are the Oriental riff, also known as the Asian riff, that has often been used, quote, as a trope or, or stereotype of Orientalism in Western culture to represent the idea of China, Japan, or a generic East Asian theme. It is a Western invention dating back to the Aladdin quickstep used in an Aladdin stage show. The grand Chinese spectacle of Aladdin or the wonderful lamp I'm quoting here from Wikipedia in 1847. The notes used in the riff are part of the pentatonic scale, giving the riff a resemblance to East Asian music in the Western mind. However, while the Oriental riff is associated with Asia, and usually China in particular, this generic exotic riff can sound characteristically Asian, Native American, or Old English. It represents a non-specific otherness. And again, this was all taken from the Wikipedia page tagged Oriental Riff. I give all credit to the original authors of this page, and I look forward to Wikipedia correctors who will be writing in to me soon. We'll be receiving letters directly from Edward Said. Gong. <laughs> I think we should call it the theme from Long Duck Dong. Oh, no. Anything else in the docket? Yeah, we have one more thing. This is from someone named Five. I seek an injunction against my spouse, Claire, who insists that I purchase, quote, proper winter boots, unquote. 
We live in downtown Toronto, where it's currently negative 12 degrees Celsius. There is Don't know al- what that means. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, we can, we can only guess. Well, what is that, about four metric tons? I don't know. Let me get out my abacus to do the to do the uh, the the proper calculations. Da 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 dun 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 dun. <laughs> Next, we live in downtown Toronto, where it's currently negative twelve degrees Celsius. There isn't a lot of snowfall in the city, and what little there is melts quickly. I don't enjoy any winter activities, no skating or skiing, so my time outdoors is limited to commuting to work when there's snow on the ground. The only time I have need for boots is during the winter when we visit her family who live in a rural area. During those times, I'm happy to stay indoors with a book. Note, she says she's concerned about my safety, but last year I was pressured into learning how to scuba dive, which lists spousal pressure as a severe risk condition. (laughs) Spousal pressure is a severe risk condition in scuba diving. It's the opposite reaction observed to uh it is an op- op- it is the opposite reaction to the one that we observed in the case of Pat and Amanda where he was trying to uh spousally pressure her to not do something dangerous i think the problem right. with spousal pressure in scuba diving is if you relieve it too quickly you can get the bends <laughs> well i would say that your attempt to equate your wife pressuring you into Scuba diving with buying boots is a false equation. As as I think it is equally false to suggest that she is trying to force winter activities on you. She's not asking you to buy skates or skis. She's asking you, I think, to buy waterproof boots, shoes, galoshes that will protect you from snow and wet and damp during the winter months uh, and I think that that is a reasonable thing to suggest. I would imagine that any adult male would want to have a waterproof and, and or snowproof shoe option in his closet, especially if he lives and walks around at all in Canada. Would you disagree, Jesse? No, I think that's completely a reasonable choice. I would recommend at the risk of buzz marketing uh, a nice pair of sorrel boots. Uh, one of their All right. one of their classic caribou designs, not one of the sort of newfangled tech designs, or uh, one of the lined versions of the LL Bean, uh, the classic LL Bean boot, the Bean boot or main hunting shoe. Both of them are reasonably affordable. You know, you're not going to spend more than 150 bucks, and uh, they're comfortable and work well for those situations. Yeah, they, they they look like something that that you would wear if you if you want to make a big deal about how you prefer to stay in, indoors with a book. Like if you're if you're if you're if you're a stuffy nerd, you can wear these things, and and that's appropriate to your to your lifestyle. Can I tell you that I my wife's family has a cabin in the Sierra Mountains of Northern California. Um, that, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that they share among <laughs> that they share among their their large family. So my wife's parents go up there uh, once a year for a sort of a long weekend. And um, I've gone up there many times with them. And one year I accidentally didn't bring any trail-appropriate boots. Um, I, I don't remember why, but for some reason I just didn't even have sneakers that could get dirty. And so I was relieved of hiking duties 
And it was one of the <laughs> most fun trips I ever had to the cabin. I think I just stayed home and read. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think that's a good choice. lifestyle. I don't think it's a good lifestyle to to do that. If it happened, if it happens accidentally once, that's fine. And it's perfectly reasonable to stay home and read sometimes. But it, it's a real jerk move to uh, to do that as a trick. <laughs> I agree. That's that's all we've got here uh, on the docket. Um, hey, I I'm sorry. I'm just totally lost now in in this web page that the Wikipedia page for the Oriental Rift sent me on. This huge long exploration of all the evidence of of the origins of the Oriental Rift. I totally recommend this rat hole of internet procrastination to any listener. Jesse, do you have anything you'd like to recommend to the listeners? I would. I'd like to recommend checking out MakeYourThing.LA. This is a new conference that MaximumFun.org is putting on for independent creative people here in Los Angeles. And we just launched the Kickstarter for uh, uh, for tickets for this thing. We have this amazing lineup of presenters, all of whom are various types of independent creative person. And our goal is to make a really practical business conference for people who make their living doing creative work independently or on a small personal scale um, or folks for whom that's part of their living or who aspire to make their living that way um, and we're doing it here in LA right near the Max Fund offices uh, on MacArthur Park in this beautiful Art Deco uh, hotel called the Park Plaza and it's just going to be so cool just go go to the Kickstarter and, and watch the video go to makeyourthing.la um, if you're one of those people, I think this is going to be a really special, amazing event if we can get enough people together who, who want to go to it. I think that would be a, an extremely valuable and fun way to spend one's time. And that MacArthur Park area that, that you have the offices in is fantastic. You know how I feel about that, Jesse. Oh, it's, it's really I'm, that's one of the that's one of the things I'm most excited about the whole thing is we're going to be programming around the neighborhood and you know, uh, getting local food in and, you know, using local event venues. And uh, maybe if we're lucky, we may even be able to, depending on how this Kickstarter goes, do a concert in the pavilion in the park. Um, one way or another, if you bring your paddle boat, you can go paddle boating. Um, oh, go ahead. That's, oh, no, I was, I was just going to ask, can I bring my paddle boat? <laughs> please, please do bring your paddle boat. I don't have paddle boating boots, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, it's your wife's family that have the paddle boating lake. I can understand how you'd want to get out of that. Do they have a paddle boat boot rental pavilion at the park? No, they don't. So you are actually oh. going to have to bring your own paddle boat. But people do bring their own paddle boats. There's like a paddle boat every once a year. Can I, can I do stand? What, what is the thing where you stand up on a surfboard with a sail? Wake? No, not wakeboarding. Not wake. Well, wakeboarding, that's with, a, that's with a, a, an oar, isn't it? Where you stand up on a surfboard with an oar? No, I think wakeboarding is where you get on a surfboard and you ride behind a motorboat. What's a stand-up surfboard with an oar, long oar? Long oar boarding? Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be my new sport. Yeah, so go to makeyourthing.la hey, and bring your long oar board. And if you're tired of following me on Twitter or uh, at, uh, at Hodgman, or if you're bored of my Tumblr, which is my webpage, johnhodgman.com, or you just like an old school interaction with me where you get an actual electronic mail that I've typed with my own hands from my own desk, including a photograph of me holding a copy of that day's newspaper to prove that it was me, 
I now have a mailing list. I haven't had one of these since 10 years ago. And I've decided to do it again because people miss stuff on Twitter and they and they talk to me about how they wish they had seen that I was coming to a certain town or going to be doing a show at a certain time. And, uh, and maybe this email will help. Obviously, it's totally voluntary. But if you're interested at all, you can sign up bit.ly slash hodgemail. It's like uh, hodgeman, H-O-D-G-M-A-I-L, where mail is a homonym for male, which is a, a synonym for man. That's a simple mnemonic that you can remember. bit.ly slash hodgemail. You'll sign up for the mailing list. I'll send you a picture of me holding a newspaper maybe once a week or every two weeks and give you some special offers. I'm going to be announcing some some dates soon. I'll probably give the mailing list some people some time to buy that stuff before anybody else. If in, in you're in New York and you want to join Secret Society, this will give you a chance to, to get in there. And, uh, and it's a fun way for us, another way for us to be in contact. There are other ways to be in contact as well. If you have a dispute for the court of Judge John Hodgman that you would like to be heard on the podcast or in the pages of the New York Times Magazine, where do you go, Jesse? Maximumfun.org slash JJHO, J-J-H-O. And you can like us on Facebook if you want to name a case like this week's case namer, Andrew Jones. Not Andrew Jones, the former center fielder for the... Uh, Atlanta Braves, but Andrew A N D R E W Jones, who named our case mo- Moped Operandi. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Heck, maybe it is the former center fielder for the Atlanta Braves. After he had those bad years, maybe he changed the spelling of his first name so no one would be on to him. And start a new career of naming podcasts. <laughs> um, our. Our, it's just something I always wanted to do. Our editors, Mark McConville, our producer, Julia Smith. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.